Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org. What's up, guys? What's Hi. Up? How's it going? Good. How's everybody doing? Good. Good. Yeah, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, if you're joining us, uh, you're joining us via Zoom for After the Message. Um, our studio is currently under construction, so Literally. <laughs> getting getting a makeover. So we're doing this uh, from Zoom, but thank the Lord for technology. If you don't know what After the Message is, um, we do it every week, and we talk about uh, the past message from Sunday and just kind of continue that conversation. And uh, we are um, talking about what did Jesus really say about temptation, and we're going to continue that discussion today. So um josh callie becca thank you guys for joining of course yes always um what did you guys uh after watching it again what did you guys pick up on or, or think about how we talked about it on sunday well i don't like watching myself back on anything so, so did you did that. you watch back or no i was like it's, I don't know. It makes me so uncomfortable because I, I literally hear my voice. I'm like, I sound like that. I apologize already. The people who are listening, like, I, wow, my voice is not nice to listen to. So, and anyway, that was my, uh, that was my major takeaway. That and I also different. thought about how many times I interrupt people. So that was my mm. takeaway. Mm. I think that was the Lord <laughs> speaking to you. Josh is realizing his temptation to. <laughs> There you go. It's oh, not. Yeah. Is that what you? Oh yeah. <laughs> you walked away with. Exactly. I'm like, I gotta learn how to like keep it in a mental note to just go back to that, you know. And so, but by that time, my brain is so ADD. I've got a different thought, and you know, it may not be as theological as the first one, which is okay. Cause we're on after the message. Oh, bless the Lord. <laughs> I love how you. Uh, I love how you go. You know what? Now that I'm saying that out loud, that's not correct. Let me say. <laughs> let me say uh, what actually is right. Um, the first, the first kind of thing we, we touched on was the, the spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness mm -hmm. and how that just kind of messes with your mind. Like what? Like God's, God's spirit's going to take me into an uncomfortable place and a place where I'm actually going to experience difficulty. <laughs> we can't really comprehend that as, as Christians or not as well as we should at least. Um, but Pastor Keith said it's difficult to be spirit led without being spirit feel filled. Mm -hmm. So for those who may be listening, who are new to this whole thing, what does spirit filled mean to you guys? Becca Westcott. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was going to say, everyone's going to point at someone else. Yeah. I mean, I think it's that, uh, like in Galatians five, like where it talks about, when you are filled with the spirit, you're led by the spirit, you know, like that they're just, they're so, um, hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Like when you are allowing the Holy spirit to dictate where you go and what you do and who you are, I, I think that's what it is. It's like when your identity is driven by the spirit, then you're led into areas that the spirit wants to lead you. Yeah. So I think that's the, that's like the long and short yeah. of it. Well, and I would like even back up even more than that and say like, if someone's like, 
what in the crap are y'all talking about um, filled with the Holy Spirit or filled with the Spirit? Like, so we believe obviously that like we have given our life to Jesus Christ. And in doing that, like we have um, come into a relationship with him. And by doing that, we believe that um, like the spirit of God lives on the inside of us because we are spirit beings. And so um, being led by the spirit to me in the most simple terms would just mean that like the spirit of God lives on the inside of me and who is referred to as the Holy Spirit. Um, and so therefore I can be led by and hear from God because the spirit of God lives on the inside of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Good. that helps. Yeah. Read Romans eight and Romans. I fight Romans eight. Like it talks about, I mean, being led by the spirit, what you it even talks about what you feed grows and that mm -hmm. either the spirit or the flesh, but it is such a, we all, if you're listening, listening to this, watching this, if you've accepted Jesus Christ in your life, the Holy spirit now lives on the inside of you. Like, and it's this thing that's hard to explain. It's hard to even understand because you're like, hold up. That sounds crazy. Um, a man dying for our sins on the cross sounds crazy. Um, but the fact is, is like all this takes faith. And so, I mean, and the apostle Paul says multiple times that the same power that was in Jesus that raised him from the dead lives inside of us. And so that's what it means to be filled with the spirit. If you've made that decision to follow, to follow Jesus then like you're now one with him through the Holy Spirit. Like that's what it is. And so, mm -hmm. and then every day, like we do, we have that decision to either follow that leading or to not follow that leading. Um, and that, that's what I feel like that's what brings us into temptation and testing is because, yeah. I mean, we have those decisions to make every day. Like I can think of, I mean, we, we talk about it so much, but like our kids, it seems to like, you know, we're not the Holy Spirit to them, but in a way, like this is a great example is like, we're trying to lead them and guide them down the path that we can see further down than, than they do. And so there's things that we say, hey, you probably shouldn't do this, or no, you actually shouldn't do this at all. And it seems like the things that we tell them they shouldn't do, they're super attracted to do those things. They're like, oh yes, that's what I want to do. But I think that's how it is for all of us is as we're on this journey, God knows the beginning from the end. He can see everything where we're going. And he, there's so many times where like God may even see something that's good for us then, but it's not good for us now. And what he's trying to do is to help us grow to where we need to be at so that maybe what's good for us then will be something that we work into. But for us, we're so, and we talked about this on Sunday, like the different things that Jesus went through, it was all different shortcuts that he could have got to then now. And so I think it's like important to remember that, that the fact is the spirit's leading us and the spirit is guiding us, but we have the choice and the free will to listen or to not listen. And that doesn't mean, like you said, like what we talked about, that those situations are always going to be comfortable or that like when we go through something difficult, like um, that God can still work in those things and like we can grow into being the people we need to be for the next season or for this season or for what's coming or for where we are by being in those hard spaces. And so sometimes like, I mean, it was always so hard for me, like I said, to wrap my head around like, oh God would lead me, lead me into like a, a testing season or something that was difficult or hard. And I was like, that's mean, what is wrong with you? Why would you do that? Like, right. you know, but like in those times, like you grow and you learn and even in the times that like God necessarily didn't lead you into like those broken seasons that maybe were 
the decisions of someone else. Like God still shows up in those and works in those and moves in those and helps you to grow and helps you to become like who he has for you to be and who he has for you to be on the, like on the other side of it, even for other people. So there's just, there's so much there. Yeah. It's so complex, but. Well, and I think yeah. that's one of the greatest lies that we believe as Christians is, okay, so I said yes to God. So now everything's going to be easy. And then as soon as we hit something difficult, it's like, oh, I must be doing something wrong. Right. And, and that's just not true. And when you look at the great commission, you know, when Jesus tells his disciples, go into all the world, preach the gospel, obey my commands, and surely I'll be with you always. And I think that's the thing is that we forget that he never said, and everything's going to be easy. He said, surely I'll be with you. And I'm sending the Holy Spirit to be with you. And so in that same way that Jesus was baptized, he was filled with the spirit. God said, here, you are my son. That is your identity. And he's filled with the spirit in that moment. And the spirit leads him and stays with him through, through the wilderness. And, and because he's filled with the spirit, he's able to overcome that temptation. Yeah. So I think that's, that's the thing is like, and, and I hope that if anybody who's listening, like, I hope that's your takeaway is like, man, when I encounter something, that's an opportunity for me to lean into the strength of God and not, not try to do this on my own or think that I'm doing something wrong, but like lean into the strength that God has given you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and kind of along the lines of what pastor Megan was talking about, she had like this silver lining uh, mm -hmm. that I never really considered about how Jesus being in the wilderness prepared him for the temptations that were to come. And I think that's kind of, that's kind of where we're leaning, you know, like he was almost fasting without like, I don't know if it was intentional or not. Maybe it's somewhere between the lines that it was intentional, but it's 40 days, you know, of, of stillness of quiet. And because the spirit of God knows and, theologically who knows if he knows but that there's a test coming you know and, and it's gonna it's gonna hit him in a vulnerable vulnerable position too so um but I do want to talk about the testings because uh, and I want to actually talk about what Jesus said about temptation because that's the name of our you know of our of our title um so the question I wrote down just popped in my head this morning it was what would be so detrimental with Jesus giving into the temptations? Uh, I, I get the bowing down to Satan one. Like that's like, okay, like you're worshiping someone else besides God. But what about the other two? You know, like what about, what about getting, turning something in stone into bread, like so that he can be fed or, you know, showing how powerful he is by jumping off something and having the angels like take care of him. Like, What's so detrimental about falling into those things? Well, I, think, I think what's interesting, because I was rereading this this morning, and especially the one of um, him jumping off of the, like, hey, jump off of this, let the, the angels catch you. And the fact that he was being tempted with, like, being spectacular, doing something awesome. And it, this was at the beginning of his ministry. And of course, we like go on to see throughout the gospels that Jesus is doing all these signs and wonders and healing the sick and, and people are being um, delivered from oppression and, and from demonic spirits and all this stuff. But we also see throughout the gospels that um, when he was doing all these things, that there was this temptation of the crowd to be like, 
hey, he's the king and we're going to make him king. And then Jesus would be like, it's not the proper time. They're going to try to make me king in a way that isn't the right way. And so he would retreat and go away from the crowd in order to avoid them doing that. And so I think that um, when I was rereading it, like, man, that that's kind of what Satan was tempting him with. Like, hey, let's let's expedite your kingship. And like, let's show everybody like how great you really are, how spectacular you can be by calling the angels here. And Jesus went, no, that's not the way, like, that's not the way this is supposed to play out. And so I think that would be the, again, because identity is in question here. You know, the enemy is saying, if you were the son of God, like you would be able to do these things. And he, Jesus is saying the way that the world thinks that I'm going to become king is not the way that the kingdom is saying I'm going to become king, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the, the thing, the tension is what is spectacular, like that spectacle that he could have been in it, and the fact that he had to resist that temptation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think those two that you mentioned too, Nate, like it all comes back down to like, those two things come back down to like pride. Mm-hmm. Like, well, can you do this? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times is it like so easy? Like I think back, like being a kid, you're like, man, I can do a wheelie on that bicycle and I can ride it for like a block. And then someone's like, can you really do it? And you're like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to show it. And you prove it, but in proving it, you get, you know, bloody knees and bust your forehead like I did multiple times. I still tried to do that as an adult and the same thing happened. This happened recently. Um, Anyway, I've not gotten any better. (laughs) It's, It's really like he didn't have to prove himself. So like, there's going to be so many times where it's like, you may feel this, this temptation or things like, I need to prove myself. I need to prove something. Mm-hmm. And we don't even have to prove ourselves to God. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what's so crazy about all this is that Jesus did what he did for us. And we didn't have to prove anything for it at all. Mm-hmm. And like in this, like, if he would have done those things and given over to those, it would have been, it would have been like, oh, like, I, I'm proving myself to you. But the thing is, is he didn't even have to prove himself to the enemy because he was greater than the enemy. And when you realize that, when you realize that, like, man, that like the God that I have, the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of me is greater than the thing that I face. You don't even have to worry about proving yourself to the thing that you face because God's already done it. Yeah. I think like that's what he showed us in those things is that I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to be prideful and do these things and and show these things because God is going to ordain and align these things in his timing and in his way. And so I think that's one of the things we can take from it is that because did he do like Becca was saying, amazing miracles? Yeah. The crazy thing about this is this is before he did any miracles at all, you know, but like he, he could have chosen in that moment to expedite the process. Let's be great now. Let's be spectacular now. Let's, and let's let let's show the world that like I am legend now. Like, but he didn't. He chose to take the humble path. And that's what it's about. He chose to humble himself mm. for us all the way up into the cross. That's beautiful. That's my favorite part. Like that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But when I hear like anything around the realm of like Jesus chose to like humble himself and like all the way to the cross. Like there's nothing that is more beautiful than that. Like just for someone to say like, I'm going to come and I'm going to just become 
basically from the greatest to be the least, to serve, to love, and to literally give my life, like, to, like, actually give my life in death so that other people may live. Like, I will humble myself and go to the cross. Yeah. I mean, what else is there? Yeah. Then, folks, that's all we got for you today. (laughs) I mean, that's, it is a really powerful thought because if he were, if he were to give in to what the devil was trying to tell him and do something uh, premature, it would almost be like, well, the devil talked you into doing this instead of doing it of his own volition, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, or doing it of his own will, which in, which in reality, his will was the father's will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a really point because if we're doing it, and it's almost like a peer pressure thing. Like if we're doing it for the pressure, even though it may from the outside look like a good idea or something that's not super detrimental to us or wouldn't really hurt us. If it's not God's will, it's probably not the right decision. You know, yeah. and that's a, that's and a really powerful point. And he was like, I know what I'm here to do. I know where I'm going. I know why I'm doing it. Like, so, you know, you can come at me with these things, but like, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to be relevant and spectacular and, and show off like what I can do. That wasn't the goal. That wasn't why I came. Like, you know, I feel like all of the, all of the great things, honestly, that he did and all of the great things that he still does, they're just a bonus. Like he came for salvation. And so all of those things were just these like extras um, that like almost Satan was trying to entice him. Like, look, you could have, and look, you could, and look, and it's like, but that's not why I'm here. It's like a late night infomercial, but wait, there's more. Oh my gosh. Sure. (laughs) But I I do think though, that's, that's one of the things with the, that it's so easy to get off into is like, because if you just solely look at the miracles of Jesus and the things that he did, you can just look at him like a magician. Mm -hmm. It was like, but like he, you have to look at the humanity and the things that he went through. And I think we can even stop sometimes thinking like we'll go to the garden where Jesus prayed three times and we're like, well, that was his final temptation. He overcame it. And sometimes we'll even do that like logically, but while he was on the cross, he still had three different times where people were like, man, just prove it. Just get down off the cross, call the angels. He's sitting there between the two thieves and was like, bro, if you're really who they say you are, get us off this cross. Like right now, like take us down. So he still, even after the moment in the garden, he could have chosen to be spectacular. He could have chosen to be like, look, suckers, ain't nobody ever come off a cross. And he could have came off the cross. But with the end in mind and Jesus knowing the end from the beginning, he was able to be like, no one has ever risen from the dead, y'all. What's up? You know, like, <laughs> and it's, it's. You and I are so different. Like, you're just over here like, yeah, what's up, man? I'm like, this is so beautiful. I just get, like. It is beautiful. It's, it is beautiful. But he humbled himself. We are just such different people. All the way to the end. Which dog's eating right now, Rocky oh, or Kim? Rocky, you guys, I was literally about to be like, let's just go ahead and pause for one minute. To be honest, we are um, at our house. The girls are at school, which is going great. But we still have two dogs here. And as soon as we sat down, they ring the bell to go um, outside. And then comes back inside and decides that it's breakfast time at noon. So I love that they have a bell. <laughs> like, yo. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to go outside now. And it's like, of course he would, because we're trying to do something. 
Oh man, after the message is such a great thing. <laughs> this is where um, it's like the real behind the scenes. It is the real behind the scenes, especially on Zoom. But and we're not editing it out. I'm, it's it's going to stay. Here we are. All right, good. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, when he says, um, man shall not live on bread alone. Mm. You know, that temptation. Uh, it kind of makes sense and then it kind of doesn't, you know, because you think you're thinking like physical versus spiritual. Yeah. Um, but it does show the importance of if God's word is that important, you know, and God's ways are that important that you can equate it to, you know, physical food to sustain you and mm -hmm. to keep you breathing basically. But mm -hmm. let's go down that one. What's this, what's the significance to you guys in, in that statement? I mean, so I'm just going to go ahead and be honest. Um, so there's a book, which my dog ate. Um, <laughs> called um in the name of jesus by henry Nowen, and he talks about this this passage of scripture through this whole book and so got it back out and i've highlighted the the jeepers out of this book but um he literally talks about this part and i and i have it like underlined and highlighted because i thought it was really great um but he says but when he was asked to prove his power as the son of God by the relevant behavior of changing stones into bread, he clung to his mission to proclaim the word and said, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so like, I feel like he's saying like what you were saying is that like, he knew exactly what he was there to do. He clung to his mission and it was to proclaim um, the word of God and like saying like, no, like I'm here to literally live out the words that God has spoken. And so like, he was like, this is what's important to me, not proving my relevance to you and not proving my relevance to like who you think I should be and what I should do. It's, it's to literally live out the word of God. And, and that's like, the thing is that I think, um, sometimes the word of God can like almost feel, lose its like importance. Oh, it's not relevant for today. Oh, I mean, what does that really have to do with you know, X, Y, Z, Z situation, or, you know, that's just an old book with like, you know, some old stories. Like, that's not what it's about. Like the word of God is like alive and it is like food for your spirit. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that was like what he was saying was like, no, no, no. Like I've come to prove that like the word of God is, is alive and I'm going to live it out. Yeah. And he actually, I mean, the crazy thing in that when you were saying that, and I, I mean, I've thought about it before, but like he was the bread. Like that's what's crazy. Like he even said, I am the bread of life. Like the devil was tempting him to do something that like he already was like mm -hmm. he, he had that on the inside of him. And so it's like, you know, him giving into that would have literally been like him giving into to something that he already, all these things were him giving into something that he already was and already had. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Pastor Keith brought that up like at the end, he's like, you got to know what you have. Jesus knew I already have this. Like this is already, you're tempting me with bread, but I am the bread. You're tempting me with power, but like I am the power. You're tempting me mm -hmm. with like like control and kingdom and king, but like I'm the king. Like I actually left my throne to like come down here and be here. And so I think like with that, like the man shall not live on bread alone, but every word was that bread of life that Jesus proclaimed that he was. Like the word of God, that is the stuff, the, the things that come out of God's mouth, those things, they don't change. They're the mm -hmm. same you know, you think about bread, like in general, like Jen loves making homemade bread. That sourdough bread that she made that I saw on Instagram this past weekend, it looked really good. Was it so good? 
Uh, I'm on a whole 30, so oh, I don't yeah. God, I mean, I'm sure it was not that great. It wasn't and good I, at all. How dare uh, you guys. Talk to the program. But like bread, it can mold. It can get hard. It gets stale. Like it can change all of its things. Like if we're just living on bread alone, like that stuff can change. If we're living on everything that we see from day to day, those things can change. But the bread of God, the word of God, it's eternal. And it never changes. It don't mold. It don't get stale unless you communicate it stale, stale, it stale. Um, But I think those are the things that it's like when you look at that, like physical things can change, but the word of God, it, it's eternal and it doesn't. And so if you base your life on the physical things, things are going to change. But if you base it on the word of God, then you know that that's something that doesn't change. Mm. Yeah. How much, I mean, like, how much do we look for things in the world that we already have? Because if we have the same spirit that Jesus had, we are afforded the same things that Jesus has afforded, obviously, other than, like, kingship. But, you know, the same the same spirit offers the same things to us. The, the ability to, to uh, have God's word, you know, and to know God's word and, and how, how to live our lives, like, there's so many times where I'm so focused on things of the world, the bread of the world, so to speak, that I totally, I totally forget about that there's life-giving bread and God and what he has to say about my life. Yeah. Well, I think it's so important to recognize that like world priorities and kingdom priorities are two different things. Hmm. And so like in the world, when we're looking at that, like that going back to the temptation to be relevant, you know, like where we're in a, a culture where your highlight reel is like something that's constantly and constantly being updated like oh I need to have relevant content that I like and people have legitimate jobs of being influencers and it's like okay but by that standard um you're trying to prove something that in the kingdom like you're proven as a as a son or a daughter already, you don't have to go in and be relevant. You don't have to go in and prove. And at the end of the day, I think um, what the enemy tempts us with so much, it so often is like to add to who we already are because he wants us to think we're not enough with the stamp of approval that we already have from God. And so at the end of the day, like God isn't going to be like, hey, I need a detailed list of everything that you did for me. Like what were the spectacular things that you did for me? He's going to say, did you love me? And did you love others toward me? Yeah. And like, that's, that's it, you know? And so I think, but if we're looking at the world standards and priorities, like that's not enough. Like yeah. people are constantly going to be like, Oh, you only have two things on your list. Like what else are you doing? Yeah. You know, but if you look at what the kingdom wants us to be doing, like that's, that's it. Like, are we loving God first? Are we loving others towards him? And we don't have to do anything else. One of the best messages I ever heard, um, just kind of like about this, um, was Sheep Don't Strive by Carl Lentz. Um, it was a few years ago. And if you've ever heard Carl speak, man, you know, he is like, it's like, he's passionate beyond passionate, you know? Um, but when he was talking about this, he's like, we are sheep. Sheep don't strive, they follow. Because the thing about sheep is sheep is very easy for us to get distracted by mm -hmm. looking to other things. That's why like the shepherd had certain tools that he would use to help keep the sheep following. 
but ultimately we have the decision if we're going to do it or not. But as long as we keep our eyes on the shepherd, we're going to follow in the right direction. But following takes a lot more work than just distractions. Like mm. following is actually, I, in, in my opinion, I, I think following God, it's not easy. It's not, it's not something that you're going to like. If you're going through a financial crisis and you're looking for a get-rich-quick scheme, it's not God. Like, mm-hmm. But it's really easy to go, I can go online, I can find a get-rich-quick scheme, and I can invest money in it, and in a week I'll be a millionaire, and I'll get out of this financial thing. No, like following God means, man, I'm learning to tithe. And what tithing is actually going to do is it's going to help me steward my finances better because I'm saying I'm going to trust God with this 10% more than I can myself with 100%. And so then you actually have to start stewarding what you have in those moments. And when you learn to steward your finance as well, then I believe that's going to lead to financial things in your life. But God is not a get rich quick scheme. He is not a, the only thing, he's a get out of hell card. I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, but it's, like, it's not you nothing. Have have a joke, I, I do. But I was going to say get out of jail free, but I was like, I uh, didn't, anyway, play too much Monopoly with Focus. the girls. But <laughs> everything with God takes time because following takes time. And we don't want things that take time. And when we're looking at things in the world, it seems from the outside looking in, we think that's instant. I can have that now. And I mean, we keep coming back to this, but it's the result that we know that, like you're saying, Nate, that we have in the end, or even the thing that we have right now, but getting it's a lot easier this way. It seems easier. Seems easier. Because it seems like a shortcut. But how many times do we like, does one take a shortcut? I'm, that sounds terrible. I'm she's not. looking at me because like she's not a shortcut taker. I'm, I'm a shortcut taker. But I'm a one, and ones follow the rules. Then you follow all the steps. Like so, there's your little enneagram tip. But um, I'm thinking like I can read the first verse and the last verse, and I'm good. All right, cool. I'm solid not. no. So, but how many times does someone take a shortcut, and then you're like, why did the bookshelf fall apart? And I'm like, well, if we would have followed all the steps, we would have a bookshelf that is completely put together. So I just feel like that's the same, same good idea here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a, that's a great point because we're always trying to figure, figure it out, whatever it may be. Uh-huh. And it seems that Jesus isn't someone to be figured out. He's someone to be followed, you know, mm-hmm. and he's trying to figure out Jesus and what Jesus said that in a righteous way, that can be a good thing. But if you, if you are hypersensitive, like, what does he really mean? Like, how do I really do this? Instead of just surrendering and following and taking it a day at a time, like he said to do, uh, you can drive yourself mad because I've been there. <laughs> and sometimes I still get there. I'm just like, well, I just want to figure it out. Like, what do you want? You know, and that's, <laughs> that can be, that can be taxing and challenging and, and, and just following step by step. Like, okay, today, this next decision, whatever it may be, I, you know, I think that's a much more peaceful kind of like what Pastor Carl was probably alluding to. It's yeah. a much more peaceful existence, you know. Yeah. And I think, um, and I'm not as I'm not as smart as you know, Becca or Pastor Keith. But I think one of the things that I have realized, honestly, like over the past, I would say month, and I because I've always kind of struggled with that too, Nate. I just I just want to figure it out. Can someone just give me the definitive on just whatever it may be? And there's so many trains of thought and so many trains of stuff. I think that we are all trying to figure God out. And there are definitely things in his word, like that lead us to exactly 
like it's like it's like a scavenger hunt and it leads us directly to it but then there are other things that the scavenger hunt leads to another thing to another thing to another right. thing and we're constantly in this process of trying to figure things out instead of what you said instead of following and then trusting that if we trust God enough that the things that we're trying to figure out now he's going to he's going to lead us to that mm. and so I'm trying to learn you're a better follower. I wonder if Jesus was thinking that like in the wilderness, like he, could, he very well could have been like, man, I wonder what's coming up. I, Cause I would be thinking, I would be going into that. Like, okay, God's doing something. I wonder what it is. Like, let me start like my contingency plans for whatever God throws in my way. You know, that's, that's how I can live my life sometimes instead of like, no, day one, uh, being communication with the father focus on the father day two, same thing, day three, all the way up to 40, you know? And by then it just becomes like a second nature. He just, the, the enemy starts to say, well, what about this? And he goes, nah, dude, this, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, and, and I think that's the genius and the brilliance of this passage. Yeah. I agree. Um, kind of wrapping up here. How, how does knowing that Jesus went through these things and conquered these things, how, do, how does that help you get through them when you go through similar situations or does it do you, when you're in similar temptation situations, do you think about that? Or is it usually like a hindsight thing? Like, man, I could have, I could have reacted this way because Jesus showed it to me. Does that make sense? I think one thing that it shows me is that like there's purpose in testing and that God can show up in things even like temptation or like the wilderness and that um, it's not all for nothing because for a long time I always thought if you're in a hard place like it's my fault what did I do what am I not doing what do I need to hurry up and do so that I can get out of this because I'm clearly in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong things like and so um, being able to get to a place where I can let all of that go to know like God is moving in all of those mm -hmm. things. He's so much bigger. And, and to even go to like a new level of trust, knowing that if you are leading me to a place that is hard and uncomfortable or difficult or where like, you know, there's a testing happening because you're refining something in me, I can still trust you in that. Like, and just knowing that like, Oh, Jesus, Jesus did that. Like, mm -hmm. so if Jesus was in the wilderness um, for 40 days and, and the devil came to tempt him, like, okay, I'm not doing too bad. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not completely off the path. And so I feel like it can give us assurance in knowing that, like, we can trust God in a greater way, but also, mm -hmm. like, okay, we're not screwing up completely. Yeah. I think with that, too, like, um, I didn't get to use my cheesy preacher quote on yeah. Sunday, so... Um, but the thing that this showed me more than anything, again, was Jesus, it wasn't his resilience, but it was his reliance on God that got him through everything in life. And, you know, it wasn't his resilience to his own power, his own strength, his own things. It was his reliance on God. And I think what we can do is think, man, I wouldn't be getting tempted if I had enough faith, or I wouldn't be getting tempted if I just had enough of something else, but really like, no, like, it's about trust. It's about reliance. And so what this shows me is that if even Jesus, who is both fully God and fully man, had to be reliant on God, 
then how much more do I need to be reliant on him? And so I think for me, that's what it, you know, that's what it, that's what it shows me. And when I think about it, I would love to tell you, Nate, that I think about it during the middle of the test or temptation. A lot of times it is hindsight. And then I'll say, next time I'm going to think differently. And then I don't. And then I'm like, but it, it helps me just to know, like, man, like if Jesus had to rely on God, how much more do I need to rely on him and not just try to be resilient in my own strength or my own ways? Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, can you guys hear them practicing for sub 30? Because everything you were saying sounds so spiritual because there's just keys in the background. That's amazing. It's no. um, like perfect timing. No. That's so right? great. It sounds a little bit like heaven is in the other room, like with just like <laughs> That's soft pad. I can't wait to tell Josh that heaven was in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> but also heaven is in the other room, Becca. It, it's just like minor chaos where we are. <laughs> you know <laughs> okay go ahead uh, i think for me uh it challenges me to approach temptation like knowing that i already have the victory does that make sense so it challenges me to when i get led into those moments of like testing to recognize like that the enemy's a punk and that he doesn't actually have any authority in this and that I get to yield like the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and all of that prep time ahead of time like I'm going into battle prepared and that I already have the victory because of what Jesus did and it challenges me to not go into these moments with defeatist attitude uh, which is like really easy to be like, man, I can't believe I'm here again. Like I thought, I thought I had totally like overcome this, but instead like really looking at it and being like, you don't have any authority here. Like enemy be gone. Like I I'm focusing on the fact that like my bread is to do the will of the father and I'm, I'm going to focus on obedience and I'm not going to worry about um what the enemy is trying to attack me with because i know that god has the upper hand and god's on my side mm -hmm. and so i think that is what i learned from this is that like the same way that jesus walked through it going uh no like you don't get to take over who i am you don't you can challenge this but you're not gonna win is the same posture that i i go in and go okay like I'm going to model that like Jesus modeled that for me. And if I'm following how Jesus did it, then I'm going to go in and be like, no, you don't have any authority here and take what like me and God have been working on up until that point of knowing the word of God, reading the word of God, knowing who I am in God, taking that into every, every temptation, every battle and being like, yeah, you don't get to win here. And yeah. so I think that's my, like take away from the passage and how Jesus handled the temptation. Mm -hmm. I always go back to like, when you said that, like, I mean, Jesus, one of the last things he says to his disciples is like, man, you're going to face trials and you're going to face trouble. He even promised them trouble, <laughs> mm -hmm. but he's like, but have peace because I've overcome them all. Mm -hmm. And the, the fact is, is like, he overcame the thing that no one else could. And he overcame death. And like, literally that same looping back at the beginning of the conversation the same power that was in jesus that raised him from the dead lives on the inside of us and 
like we know that we have the victory. And then when we know that we have the victory, that helps us in the battle. Mm-hmm. And so, because you still may have a battle season, but when you know, man, like at the end of it all, no matter how it ends up, God is God and God is sovereign. And like, I've got the victory in that. Mm-hmm. Then that gives you the ability to then walk through every battle, knowing that like, you may think you got me, but you don't got me. Like yeah. God does, and that's who I'm relying on. And that probably doesn't sound as spiritual because my dog was running across the floor. I'm sorry. But, but if he never did another thing, yep. he humbled himself. He came here. He went to the cross so that we could spend eternity with him. And there's mm-hmm. nothing more beautiful than that. Yeah. Ooh, man, let's just, uh, <laughs> let's just play just as I am and do an altar call right here, you know? I can take this into the other room where I results. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put them on blast you know thank you guys so much for for doing this uh this was a really good conversation and that's one of the things i love about this is it's just we're humans we have short-term memory loss and we just need reminders and even just talking about this with you was beneficial for me and i'm sure it will be beneficial for others so uh if you're out there and you want to uh if you have a question about what we talked about today or you just want to say what's up, uh, you can email ATM, that stands for after the message, at celebrationorl.org. All right, guys. What? I'm going to add one more thing. I know you just tried to close. But um, yeah. I just feel like I know we don't do this every single time like we do after the message. And I know that, you know, it's happened a possible times. But if this is someone's very first, you just happen to come across this this one message and you've been listening and and we're talking about being filled with the spirit of God and and Jesus coming and giving us life um, so that he can, you know, bring us into relationship with God. Like, and you're like, I I don't know. I don't know about all that. I don't know this Jesus. I don't have, um, I don't have this, this spirit of God living on the inside of me. Like, you know, I just want to encourage you that this is for you too. And it's not just for us. It's not just for um, the people in our church. This is for you. So if you're listening and you happen to find us and you happen to come across this conversation and you've heard us talk about Jesus, I just want you to know that he loves you, that he sent, that he came and he humbled himself and he went to the cross so that you can have a relationship with God and so his spirit can live on the inside of you. So if you want to know, if you want to know him, if you want to say, hey, this is, this is something I want to be a part of, um, I just feel like we want to give you that opportunity um to to be in a relationship with him so i just thought it'd be important that we yeah. that we do that uh before we go so yeah, I'm yeah. Go. so if you if you do want to make that decision it's really simple the apostle paul says we just believe in our heart that jesus died on the cross and rose again and we confess with our mouths that he is lord and we're saved so i'm going to pray that really quick if you're in your car your wife wherever you're at all you have to do is just pray this and then uh yeah that's your next step but god we thank you um for your son jesus Um, God, thank you for saving me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. Jesus Christ, you are the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Fill me with your spirit and lead me um, in all of your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you did just make that decision, it really is the best thing you could have ever done. And so welcome to the family. We love you. And um, you can, just like we say every Sunday, you can text the word to the side to the number 25101 and We'll come alongside you. We'll love you and resource you for the journey. So thanks for letting me hijack your ending mate. You can actually end for real. (laughs) All good. If you want to do that, that's the best way to hijack any ending. So.
You guys good? Yeah, yeah I'm good. good. All right, eat your Thanks lunch, Mary. Uh, all right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at celebrationorl.org. 